This is The Boys Podcast from TV Podcast Industries, and we are talking about The Boys Season 3, Episode 7. Here comes a candle to light you to bed. Let me tell you something, kid. I don't make friends with talent. They're all the same. I mean, they're not all the same. Yeah. Come on, Soldier Boy was a hero, right? I mean, he stormed Normandy. <laughs> yeah, he did. Two weeks after D-Day for the photo op. So you didn't see any action? Not in Germany. Sprayed a fire hose at Birmingham. Some target practice at Kent State. Oh. There were rumors about Daily Plaza. Wait, what? Yeah, and they call them the good old days. The thing is, to be American means knowing you're the hero. So what do we do? We sweep all our filthy shit under the rug, and we tell ourselves a myth like Soldier Boy, and I get stinking rich selling it. Welcome back, fellow boys and girls. It is the Life Aquatic on the Boys podcast from TV Podcast Industries. We are on to episode 7 of the Boys Season 3. Mm-hmm. Here comes a candle to light you to bed. And you might not like what you find <laughs> if you're married to the deep. True. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, she went with it. <laughs> uh, no, well, I, I specifically heard her say... I'm out. She I'm went with it until there was a suggestive tentacle rub, mm. I guess. Um, yes. And don't we all just hate suggestive tentacle <laughs> Absolutely. rubs? Absolutely. Especially in our own bed. Exactly. Yes. Uh, but I am one of your uh, hosts, John. I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. And I'm Chris, questioning whether Peter is going to take back the award they gave to the boys for now talking about bestiality. Well, well, I'm really hoping that was CGI. Do you know? <laughs> do you know exactly. The, the, award you gotta... that, the award that they gave them was actually for their use of CGI on the last octopus they had in the show, which yeah. they ate effectively. And dolphins so, and whales. I, th- I think Peter are just really happy that they're not using real-life creatures and animals yeah. in the scenes that they're talking about. I think they're okay with the content if it's allowed to get past censorship for uh, for being broadcast. Uh, but as long as they're not using real animals, they can't really do anything, right? That's not that the purpose is to make sure they get replaced by uh, CGI creatures. And they're doing a very good job with that. Well done. Well, well done, boys. Exactly. Further Jews to old Ambrosia. <laughs> Devon knows how she makes it so creamy, I guess. Um, Nice, John. Nice. Deep and creamy is even worse. (laughs) Right. I think we should get into this episode before we... uh, There are other things that happened in the episode as well. Definitely. definitely. But I think we should get into the episode. I will not look at a bowl of rice pudding ever again in the same light after that little joke. Uh, Okay. Yes, fellow boys and girls, we're here. Remember, this is going to be a spoiler-filled review of uh, The Boys Episode Mm -hmm. 7. Before we get into it, though, just to remind everyone, uh, you can head on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to the podcast on any drunk or sober podcast player of your choice. You can also leave your feedback over there uh, through voicemail. Just click on the tab on the right-hand side of the webpage. And also... You can send in your emails for our feedback to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Yes. 
But with that, Derek, what are some of the what, were, who, whys, ifs, buts, and maybes? The people behind the show, John. Yes. Okay. That too. <laughs> we are on the penultimate episode of The Boys. This is the second last time I'm going to be saying this uh, for this season of The Boys. Um, this showrunner of the show is Eric Kripke, once again, based on the comic series from Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, executive producers of the show, and the minds behind the debauchery are Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg as well. This episode was written by Paul Grillong. Uh, Paul wrote on Hawaii Five-0, Revolution, and Terra Nova, but this is his first episode of The Boys. Uh, director of this episode was Sarah Boyd. Uh, this is the second episode of The Boys that she has directed after Season 2, Episode 6. Uh, she also directed an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a really good episode, actually, towards the end of the final season. Excellent stuff. Uh, and we spoke about her wh- when she directed the penultimate ever episode of Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. Uh, the third season of Jessica Jones, one of our favorites of the three seasons. Excellent. So, yeah. Uh, yep. Sarah Boyd involved in the end of that. So those are the people involved in the show. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis of The Boys Season 3, Episode 7? Here comes a candle to light you to bed. Sure. After running away from Homelander at the mention of the return of Soldier Boy, Black Noir is in hiding. But he's not alone. His imaginary animated friends are there to take care of him. To cheer him up, the animated characters show the tale of how bad Soldier Boy was to the members of Payback and why he was right to take out his former commander. Meanwhile, Mother's Milk was focused on his vendetta against the same soup and insidious threats has taken over his family as his ex-wife's soup-loving boyfriend is pushing his influence on Mother's Milk's young daughter. Believing Vought and Homelander's lies, he is causing a rift in their family. Meanwhile, Soldier Boy is on a mission with Huey and Butcher to get another member of Payback, Mindstorm. But when he's confronted, Mindstorm sends Billy into his worst nightmare, back to his abusive childhood, where he has to watch on as his younger brother Lenny is driven to suicide. After Soldier Boy takes out Mindstorm, he learns that Homelander is more closely related to him than he thought. He's his offspring. His bouncing soup, baby boy, and he calls Homelander to share the good news. Very big reveal there at the end of the show, right? Oh, salivating uh, at the end of that Mm. uh, reveal. Just the possibilities. There are potentially three generations of Soldier Boy or Homelander or that family Mm. line um, that really are probably not going to like Billy Butcher too much. Well, true. Yeah, yeah. Ryan turned on, on Billy at the start of the season as well. Certainly it so, is. Yeah. Um, Homelander certainly sees it as his mission to be Billy Butcher's adversary. Mm-hmm. And given the news, mm-hmm. then Soldier Boy is probably not predisposed towards Billy Butcher. Mm, yes, yes. A bit if he's being genuine on that phone call, of course. I think... I- I think so. I think, I think he, is. he is. But, yeah. you know, I always kind of tend to to think, certainly given what we saw from uh, Buster Beaver and Friends, mm-hmm. he is a bit of a douche. Mm-hmm. So I guess could be lying, but I, I, I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't think so. No. Definitely runs in the family then. Yes. Exactly. It really does. Exactly. exactly. Isn't it? Nature versus nurture. And here it is. Pure nature. Yeah, it does seem like it's nature, Chris, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. But let's get on to our moments for this episode mm-hmm. of The Boys before we talk about all of the episode before we get to them. Um, so let us move to The Boys or protagonist moments. Chris, 
What is your moment? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to take a very quick one, which is um, V24 is killing the boys. Yes, it is. Yes, it um, is. Uh, and they're, they're the revelation that comes from uh, Annie January. As she's in the lab stealing V for Kimiko, mm-hmm. to, and we'll, talk, we'll touch on that later, but this where she f- sees the V24 and she's able to see the results on it and the kind of ongoing lab tests, etc. And we already know, based on um, Diabolical, the animated series, mm-hmm. how well tests uh, are conducted within Vought Enterprise yeah. and Vought International. They kind of like their live subjects, don't they? They do. They like a live subject. Mm-hmm. And even if they die, eh, we'll, we'll quickly just move on and get a new one. Yeah, there's going to be lots of people <laughs> queuing up for superpowers, <laughs> yeah. so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So they really uh, shouldn't go into pharmaceuticals, no. I guess, no. on the basis of that. No. Uh, they're a little unethical. Uh-huh. <laughs> but aren't they all? Um, <laughs> they, they, so this one I enjoyed because it was just like, bits of their brain melting out of their ears yeah exactly yeah because we did see that last episode we were we were kind of joking about it because huey puts his finger in his ear and gets a finger full of this black sludge and we were wondering whether it was uh, a bit of his brain coming out or whether it was possibly residuals from the burning to death of of a superhero at the hand of a of soldier boy but confirmed here it's effectively his brain is starting to uh, melt inside yeah. of his head effectively. well that's it and, here and we, we see that here with, with, yeah. with billy as well same same impact we see him having the same black ooze coming out of his ear and huey yeah. you know mentions it he says you've got some of your brain oozing out there mm-hmm. yeah so like even though he's just joking it's a sort of turn of phrase it, he's actually closer to the truth than he he would um probably realize. like to be and realize yeah well, exactly. yeah and for me what this really shows is when annie kind of lets butcher know more than three uses, and you they is it like you're gonna die mm-hmm. between three yeah. to five uses. I think it was something like that. She says between three and five uses, there's a higher like you're going to terminate. Yeah, of this your contract with the world. Yeah, uh, and I love uh, Billy's really non-committal response when asked how many have you used it, and just goes a couple. Um, so a couple could mean any number in British slang. It doesn't actually I, mean That's two. the point. It could mean eight. It could mean 20. And when you say a couple, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean two. It's not It's not a, a, a specific mathematical number. Uh, when And we already know he's taken more than two. Yes, we do. Yeah. We do. We know. Now, Huey, Huey, we think, is two to three, Max? Yeah. Uh, Definitely, he's taken his third dose here. Yes, after he may have taken her. more. So he took uh, one in Russia, one at Herogasm, and this one here when he's gone after Mindstorm. So those yeah. are the three doses yeah, that we he's know def- he's taken. Yeah, he's definitely on three for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And of course, Billy doesn't tell Huey anything nope. about this phone call. So, you know, Bill- Billy is withholding that information. Mm-hmm. And Huey is certainly none the wiser here. Yeah. Yeah. On on the full understanding that he needs the extra power. He needs this extra soup. He needs Huey. Not normal Huey. Soup Huey. Exactly. Someone who's willing to take the next step. And yeah. I think the what I'm really enjoying and what I've kind of we've talked about throughout discussing this this season is the pure fracturing. In the different elements of what we were, what were the foundational relationships to a degree? Mm-hmm. Like they were all still friends. They wouldn't, they weren't lying 
that much. They were boyfriend and girlfriend. They were romantically involved versus family versus like it's just the tweaking of what the the assumed relationships in each of this thing is and the relationship where you thought all right as much as um butcher is a piece of work it's becoming more and more evident not just he's not he he had a soul under that to a degree you thought and it's just now disappearing Mm -hmm. he's all it's all encompassing the the mission to end all soups Mm -hmm. is all consuming and no matter who gets in the way they will be burnt up yeah um he will use them up and use them until he his end goal of no more soups is reached yeah absolutely i know we're i know uh we're we're going to talk to talk about billy a lot more uh in a moment but uh, just one of the things I did notice in this episode, as as we mentioned all season, there's been the breaking apart of this group of the boys. Very much in this episode, though, there is a lot of mention of them being family and coming back yeah. together to help each other. And at times, it's all of the rest of the family coming back together because they know they have to take down Billy. Because um, Billy's now all of their enemy. We hear that from Frenchie when he comes back in, uh, bringing Kimiko to uh, MM's house. And it feels like Annie's almost saying she's willing to let Huey away with what he's done because now that she realizes V is scrambling his brain, he isn't in his right mind, quite literally, and he may not have yeah. a mind left in a couple of a couple of more days if she doesn't help. Um, so I do feel like that's part of them bringing back together. But there's a big opportunity here for Billy to also prove that these people are family that he will protect with his life, and I'm uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yeah, and I think that's that's the interesting thing in in terms of I guess to my um uh boys moment is that given what happens to billy butcher in Mm -hmm. this episode where he is knocked out by mindstorm and 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 taken to that place that holds so many bad memories for him um and his relationship with his father and the, the the abuse the violence and and ultimately what happens to his brother lenny you you know you see him wanting to sort of correct that right from the get go, but he's within his own mindscape, so yeah. he just passes through his dad, who's about to beat you know eleven bells of of crap out of uh, him as a younger boy. Mm-hmm. In in some ways, it's almost it almost feels that that hasn't resonated back into the real world with that phone call from Starlight, effectively warning of danger and death to people that he associates with, you know, is his family, in quotes. So he's still very much on that singular mission. You know, he yeah. he fobs Starlight off with, well, we've only had a couple, as you say, but also then he is saying to Billy, we actually need to go and get more. And yeah. uh, it's the price yeah. worth paying. So uh, you know, unless um, the, there's something that changes in the course of the final episode, yeah. he's still not displaying that empathy or or that kind of caring yeah. side. Um, but then he never has, has he? I mean, you or you know, his caring side is to still um, be quite abusive to to them, even though he does care for them. But it, it's almost like that whole piece of him going under as a result of Mindstorm mm-hmm. and seeing all these memories 
and ultimately having his younger brother commit suicide in the kitchen with the gun and looking at him directly and saying, you know, it, this is because of you. Well, they, they, none of that has resonated back into sort of the real world. Exactly. And that's why it's so crazy because yeah. he's not been sent back in time to experience the memories as a ghost. This is his own mind putting him in a prison. Mindstorm didn't go, okay, Billy, we're going to make you watch the worst thing that happened to you in your life and you won't be able to do anything about it again. That's not what he did. He sent him back there. The memories are talking to Billy the whole time. They're telling him how much he's turned into his father, a person that he hated, a person that he wanted to kill at points, um, which we saw last season. The vision of, of Lenny before he kills himself says, you did this to me. Yeah. And you're going to do this to Huey. He calls out Huey in the vision. The, the, the Lenny says that to Billy. How would Lenny have known Billy? Of course, this isn't a memory. This is his mind telling him, you're going to do this. And he comes out of it afterwards and still commits to going, well, I guess I'll sacrifice Huey for my ultimate goal. Exactly. So. The, the layering as well was really good. There was the moments where his... His uh, his dad takes a drink and you see Billy taking a mm-hmm. drink and then the hit. And I think it's where actually Billy accidentally hits Lenny and it's it, it cuts to him hitting Huey. Mm-hmm. Uh, like all these different layering and cuts of uh, what his father did to them or he was doing and it replicating as he is Billy Butcher as an, an adult yeah. to Huey and um, just that self-destructive side yeah. um, that uh, Billy Butcher has coming from the self-destruction of his own father. Absolutely. Really good, Absolutely. I, I thought. You're, you're right, the cutting is really, really good. The editing in the, in the scene is really good. Love when we see young Billy beating up his teacher for catching him selling weed um, because his father's going to beat him, so takes out the teacher and then we cut between his father beating up Billy and older Billy beating up someone, uh, one of the people earlier on in the season. You see that it's led through his entire life from this moment where he lost control, beat up his teacher and also hit Lenny. So yeah. um, so he knows he's turning more and more into his father and that's where he got all of those cues from, all the ways that he deals with everything are all back to his father, a person that he wanted to get away from. Yeah. I, I think yeah. the interesting thing as well is all the while that he is in his mindscape there, flat on his back in the forest, mm. is that you have Huey trying to convince Soldier Boy that they need to take uh, Mindstorm alive so that they, c- because he's the only one that can wake Billy back up. Mm-hmm. You have him putting, you know, the bag under his head just before he leaves. And then eventually going against Soldier Boy's wishes by again another naked teleportation mm-hmm. uh, with with Mindstorm and, and sort of take you know getting Mindstorm off the paranoid ledge to to do that. Mm-hmm. So the absolute opposite, you know, what what Lenny is representing in his mindscape is 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 Huey out in the real world, trying to get Billy out of this situation. Exactly, yeah. Riddle me this. It, did did we know previously... I'm trying to remember. Did we know the full extent of Billy's past with Lenny? Did we know how Lenny died? Did we know the, the beatings? It, I, 
I'm I'm starting to confuse how much I remember from the show versus because yeah. it's nearly four years now versus the comic books. Yeah, this is a completely different version of the story of Lenny from the comic books. But yes, we did know this from last season. It was brought in when uh, when we met Billy Butcher's dad, played by John Noble. Um, yeah. In that episode, I think we saw the flashbacks and we knew that he'd killed himself um, because I remember talking about how different that was from the comics. He dies randomly yeah. in the comics um, with nobody else involved. It's but, a it's a it's a yeah. bus crash yeah, or something like yes, that yes exactly yeah yeah this is a weird one for me and no disrespect like like everything you say have so far been true about this it was layered it was deep it was emotional and it was really good and i was trying to figure out why it wasn't impacting me as much mm-hmm. as it what it should have been and i felt and i was trying to go it's because i know part of his brother's story <laughs> yeah just i'm currently going through dear becky and the comic books and I'm like, it's because of that. I know they did talk about Lenny in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm like, should I be like, oh my god? No. <laughs> and I'm like, I I was very shocked that I was I it wasn't I wasn't being as empathetic. I wasn't as emotionally connected in the scene yeah. because I had seen or I felt like I had seen this before. Mm-hmm. The only difference was Butcher being in the room. Yeah. And Butcher, like, like showing how Butcher once had just kind of hit Lenny by accident. Like, all those smaller, just slightly tweaked bits, I was like, I feel like I've just lived this moment mm-hmm. watching this scene before. So it just didn't feel as impactful. Exactly. And I'm yeah. just wondering if this couldn't have been amped up then. Like, if you were going to go for this this type of mind prison mm-hmm. why not go full like this they could have done again budget constraints aside mm-hmm. you could have gone deep on this like had a baby's head kind of walking along the ceiling twi- turn it into a more nightmare rain <laughs> that's train spotting chris exactly but that's the thing like you could have gone that bad and that that was done on the cheap back in the day in comparison like you could have gone like further more mm. like nightmare fuel-esque like as it breaks down as he f- starts to feel more and more emotionally broken by this scene these groups of scenes everything you said is very true and i'm not mm-hmm. it just felt i was like i did not feel as emotionally connected to that scene as I felt I should have been. Right, let me... You're just cold, Chris. <laughs> that too, that too. Well, let, let Besides me, that point. Let me posit something different to you, Chris. Go You're on. not supposed to be emotionally connected to those scenes. They're they're good, they're well acted, they're fine, but I think your big moment that's supposed to hit you like a ton of bricks is he's been sent back in his mind to experience the worst moment of his life where he feels he his brother killed himself and he still doesn't do anything at all to save a person that he now has been connecting with his brother for over a year. He has been thinking of Huey as his younger brother. We mm. saw this back earlier on in the season a couple of times when we saw Huey throw up after taking V, for example. It's Lenny that, that Billy sees throwing up in that toilet. He sees his younger brother a couple of times mm. in that place. So your expectation after seeing the scene is, oh, yeah, I forgot that he killed himself. Oh, Billy blames himself. But he's still not going to do anything about it, even though throughout that vision, you feel like Billy would have done anything to save Lenny. Well, actually, he wouldn't because he has an opportunity here to save uh, Huey and he's not going to take it. He has an opportunity to just walk away, tell Huey, walk away, I'll sacrifice my life. And he goes, 
you know what? We need a bit more of that V. That's a shock, to be honest. I know Billy's an a-hole. I just didn't think it was going to be that bad. He's as bad as Homelander, basically. He's at oh, that yeah. level now. And where his we father. Have two villains. And, and his, his father. father. Absolutely. Yeah. And his father. No, no, and I think I think you're right. I think it was just more I was expecting in that moment, in that scene, to be like, oh my god, oh my god, clutching my pearls like this is ter- I can't I can't watch, but I must through cracked fingers. But yes, you can anyway. count to those those shows on your one hand that you had that reaction to, Chris. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very true. But enough about my um my watching TV shows through my fingers. Uh-huh. What what is your moment? Derek. Just really quickly before we go on, I did. Oh, I, I really liked the filming of the scenes of, of Billy Butcher's mindscape. I must say there was one. Uh, there was one thing I really, one touch I really liked when I was watching on the full 4K version on Prime Video. Um, it looks like the scenes were filmed in black and white and then touched up with color at times. It's a really interesting technique that they've used because it really feels different from how the rest of the show is filmed and it added something to it for me uh, as we're seeing Billy experience this nightmare that he has. Um, I just really like that touch. It's some, as I say, it is, it's something that I haven't seen used before. Normally yeah. there's kind of a, yeah. a, there's a different tone or different lighting um, that's there, but this, it, this seemed like they, we're filming in a very different way than the film the rest of the show. Yeah, really it, like it, it kind of really, it kind of resonates. I mean, I would have just said it was sepia mm. color, but that color with the black and white, it really resonates of, you know, a nicotine stained uh, pub in the 70s, mm-hmm. uh, which, and clo- nicotine stained clothes and everything dripping with yeah. kind of that yellowy nicot- right. nicotine. Right. Um, it, and Fact. it kind of really felt right for, for these scenes because mm. when you saw him hitting Huey, it wasn't in that. Yeah. It was the, the normal image. Exactly. So it re- really kind of evoked, yeah, kind of, Fag ash going down the you know the sofa size and uh-huh. um, the the yellow streak in 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 the hair. That's <laughs> You're making coming, me want to go for a smoke break. You know, so <laughs> I, I I guess it really evoked of that. Right. But uh, like yeah. But Derek, uh, what is your boys' moment? I just want to talk about Kimiko again. Uh, this episode, another great moment with her. I'm loving how they're treating her character this season. Been really really good. I love this idea that she gets what she wants. Um, her superpowers have been removed this uh this thing that she's wanted to have out of her for so long she reflected on it last week when she wasn't able to fight the way she would normally be able to fight and and thought it was the monster inside her and now she knows that she wants this power back to save her family and her family is friendly she's lost everything uh lost her brother lost her family um and all she wants is to be able to protect her family and wants to get that power back i love it because it's also dealt with in that beautiful way that Karen Fukuhara plays this character, which is these really well-told conversations all in her own sign language with with Frenchie, where she's telling him, I want to hug you for the last time so I can feel your um your your bendy straw like arms because uh, that's the way I normally feel them when I'm when I'm on V. Uh, so I want to I want to hug you properly and dance with you one more time before we get there. That's such a chemical character yep. trait it's such an unusual yeah. thing for her to do i love that she was so depressed that she went out and bought herself a, f- a four or five liter bottle of whiskey to have her first drink and takes a massive swig of it thinking that's what you do to deal with your depression uh, i love that conversation between herself and and uh, and annie when she's texting back and forth about you know about what's going on in in there 
uh, in their lives and what's and what's she going to do about Huey because she's trying to build herself, build the confidence up in herself so that she will encourage Annie to go and get that V for her to save Frenchie. She's trying to explain and trying to explain who she is more to Annie, a character that they haven't really connected too much in the past. No. They haven't spent a huge amount of time together, but I do love these scenes that they have here. And yes, Karen Fukara playing a character again, third season, without pretty much any dialogue. She's had, what, two songs now? Um, but no dialogue really in the show is knocking it out of the park. I really yeah. love seeing how they, how they handle her and the storylines they give her. This one was really, really good to have this choice of Kimiko to go back on the V, to, to go back to the things she's always wanted to get rid of because she's realized she needs to protect her family. That's such, such a cool storyline. Question, again, riddle me this. Is the romantic <laughs> element gone? This, she starts talking about she wants to protect him like a family, almost like a brother, there's almost like brotherly love. Cause she does talk about her own brother in mm. this situation. And I'm trying, I, I took from this that they have now moved beyond a romantic relationship after the kiss mm. to a more platonic brother, sister, friends forever, blood brother I, I, uh, kind of thing. And I was like, if you, are you doing that? Oh, like, I don't know. I, you, I, you just got me invested in the, like the, the, the this very much they are going to deeply fall in love and kind of run <laughs> away together for a while. Ah, Chris, I come on! You've, you've watched hurt, you've know. watched long term TV shows before. This isn't the first time you've watched a, 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 a series like this. They are the will they won't they couple. They are the ones that you'll see kiss occasionally or something will happen, but they don't have someone in between them. It's not a love triangle thing. It's if they are in the right circumstances, you would hope they'll get together and go off into the sunset together in the future. But right now, that's probably in the back of their mind, considering all the blood and guts that are going uh, left, right and center in this show. <laughs> that's always this show. <laughs> yeah. Goods, left, right, yeah. I mean, the interesting thing, I think, with Kamiko being back on on V, on mm-hmm. Compound V, is that, you know, both Starlight in going to get the Compound V and having that conversation with uh, Kimiko and Frenchie, who administers it mm-hmm. for her to change back, have both had that conversation with Kimiko and, and given her Compound V. Mother's Milk doesn't know about this. Mm-hmm. And so... In a sense now, within the boys, yes, they're not taking full Compound V, Huey and and Billy Butcher, Mm -hmm. but they had this conversation between them, at least Huey did, you know, where Mother's Milk says, well, he's a grown man, he can make his own decisions, he makes that decisions. Here, so too does Mm Kamiko. So I'm just wondering how it will play out with Mother's Milk and whether... In the end, this helps reconcile the boys back together again as well, Maybe. because Maybe. the fact that she's 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 done ultimately what Billy and Huey have done, just with the the permanent Except compound she's done it permanently. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's what I kind of really liked about this. I mean, I think Kimiko and and French's relationship is just absolutely wonderful, mm-hmm. and I think um, just him doing it was was great. So I really like that. But I, that's the thing here is that you now have Frenchie and Starlight uh, 
aiding Kamiko to do what Billy and Huey ultimately have done. Yes, it's only a 24-hour mm. version. Yes, she was on it previously. Yeah. But in the scheme of things, I think that should have ramifications a bit okay. for Mother's Milk because he has a principle, yeah. you know? Yeah. There's a principle. He's really quite strong mm. on it. And I Absolutely. think he would have strong opinions about them feeding Compound V to Kamiko, no matter what she says. Okay. I, Potentially. I, I can see that. I can see that. And I wonder if it had been something like she was on her deathbed and the only way to save her was to give her Compound V. Maybe he would have maybe be on yeah. the right side there. And, of course, we've heard that mission of Billy, which is kill every single soup, no matter who they are. He's probably justifying in his head going, well, I've got temporary V, so I'll just take out all of the soups. That, that are permanent soups and I'll use the, the temporary V and then I'll stop using it once they're all dead. I guess that's his justification. But one other thing comes into play here. We've also seen somebody else this season getting permanent V injected into their back and we've never seen that character again. Newman's daughter got per- permanent V injected into her three episodes ago? Four episodes ago? Yeah, about four now, yeah. Uh, and we haven't seen what happened to her. I don't know what to expect on the boys as a show. Are we going to see something some big transformation of her in the final episode and Kamiko's going down that path. She doesn't get the powers that she had before the V was stripped out of her blood by Soldier Boy. She gets different powers next episode because Annie warned her. It was specifically called out by Annie. You don't know if this is going to work the same way as it did before. It may work yeah. differently. Yeah, exactly. And as I say, we have another character that we've never seen again. So Let's uh, let's find out next episode. Of this. And we know from and we know from Diabolical that she could have gotten really rubbish uh, soup powers. Yeah, yeah. Finding could. the single yeah. sheet of paper that yeah. you need in a room. She mm. could be the living bedsheet. <laughs> yeah, that could be. It. Oh my god! That yeah, the living bedsheet. Yeah. Now that's <laughs> now that is a superpower. <laughs> it depends what happens between those sheets, but we'll come yeah. to that Oof. when we talk about the deep. God, don't be a living bedsheet at Herogasm, I guess. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Let's let's get out of our boys' moments. Let us get into our seven moments, Mm. our antagonist moments. Mm -hmm. Chris, I think you've got the biggie here with Mm. um, Homelander and Soldier Boy. Yes. So, um, long, long, come with me on a journey. (laughs) A long, long time ago, um, young Homelander was sitting in his genetic cell. And his daddy went for cigarettes uh-huh. and never came back. And he's been gone for cigarettes. But Homelander does believe that his dad is coming back any day now. He just he was off to get a pack of cigarettes. Well, do you know what? His genetic daddy came back. Daddy's home. Daddy is home mm-hmm. because, wow. Like, no matter what way I thought this was going, mm-hmm. that phone call, this reveal was not what I expected. Homelander's genetic daddy mm-hmm. Is Soldier yeah. Boy, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." Yeah, you are subverting most of what because for everyone else, we will like later discuss. Literally, John's going to discuss Black Noir later. Everyone on the internet has been like, "This is when they're going to reveal the comic book accurate version of uh, of <laughs> Black Noir." There's going to be like all of that. I'm not going to spoil it. Like I think we've kind of danced around it a few times. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to know, just look on YouTube. 
every major kind of comic person and geek person kind of on YouTube has gone through this. I'd say a lot of of people have, but a lot of them seem to be people that don't even watch The Boys as a TV show because we know they haven't really taken many storylines from the comic books. (laughs) Exactly. Like, Um, even Herograsm was, like, toned significantly. Herograsm in the comic books was on an island Mm -hmm. and involved (laughs) all the heroes saying that they were going off-world to fight mm-hmm. uh, like an alien invasion, like Starro level alien invasion, and they'd be back in a week. But don't worry, the, some of the smaller kids will look after them. But it's okay, and they all just went to an island and had herogasm. Yeah, and Her- herogasm was a story arc that ran over a few issues as well. It was the beginning of, but herogasm itself is the actual name of the little week long holiday they take yeah. on the island. So, so as we were saying last week, it was really that they took the premise of herogasm and put it into an episode as the backdrop to their storyline that yeah. they want to tell in the show, as opposed to it being the storyline for a few issues of, uh, of exactly. the comic book. Yeah. yeah. But, and I, I keep thinking that, and I don't know why people keep thinking this, that everyone keeps looking and wanting to talk about the Red Wedding version of The Boys, which is the people mm. who've all read the comic books kind of... Remember everyone who who read Game of Thrones was like, yeah. wait till wait till you see what happens at Red Wedding. Yeah, John. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. <laughs> and it just built I, it, built it, built it. Yes, and it was, it it was, was good. <laughs> That's what we've got with Herogasm. But also we're getting with Black Noir. So what also they're doing then... Like with Homelander mm-hmm. is nothing the same. And I'm just, I was so happy when this happened because the overall potential for this Definitely. is huge mm-hmm. because you could have literally, as you had three generations of yep. crazies. Definitely. Like doing, like taking over the planet. But you could also have this go completely the other way, which is you ain't my daddy. And we get a like a Jerry Springer level superhero fight where the genetic tests say you are his daddy and <laughs> Homelander goes crazy. Absolutely. It is the Luke I am your father kind of moment really mm-hmm. for for the boys. And it can go one of two ways. Either Homelander will take him out and, and renege against him, or it will be as though Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker do come together to rule the galaxy mm. or think that they will except there's also another son homelander's son which you never know um because interestingly newman gives homelander a piece of paper uh, when he's just after he's milked the cow and he's <laughs> he's had a good old slurp of dairy for mm-hmm. for the day and I don't know what that's about. We don't know for sure, except that there is an address on it that you see next to the the phone. Um, and just it could be that's where his son is located mm. because he's been trying to find him all this yep. time. That may have been Newman's yeah. bargaining chip. You mean to, the paper that Newman gave him, not the cow? Yes, the cow not didn't the have cow. an address on it. And we know no. what that was. Well, sorry. That would be really <laughs> interesting yeah, if it was a <laughs> yeah. a piece of paper. Um, and now she does, when she does, she does say there's something that you can do for me. So yes. whether it's something around that or whether this is to show that she is an honest broker, mm. she is, she wants this transactional relationship. She's giving him Ryan's address. So here's mm. Ryan's address. Mm. So who knows? But that is the, the salivating element here for me is 
um just the the three of them sort of together um doing their thing because i i i must say i thought the way jensen ackles just did the whole telephone conversation mm. it, it was really really good you know just just him saying i would have stepped if if only vort had kept me around i would have stepped aside um and allows you to have uh, the limelight. Who mm-hmm. wouldn't do that for their son? Their Everything that Homelander has wanted, mm-hmm. he's being given here by Soldier Boy. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's just really, really great sort of drama, to be honest. Uh, so I, I really, really love this. And, like just talking about the father for a minute and the, his delivery, he has a few good deliveries in in this episode. Like his delivery of "I'll slap you like I'm Connery," you know, again controversial, but just his delivery of it is mm. so well done. Where he's also then at the Legends Pad, mm-hmm. and you know he's being bought. Uh, bags of weed by billy he's doing his self-medication you know they finally figured out that he's got ptsd and they go in and he's there with you know two older ladies like fine wine and and it's just all these situations he's put in are so extreme so outrageous but his delivery is just kind of nailed it's almost like a counterpoint to the extreme or ridiculousness of the situation or what he's saying. Yeah. And it's I so just well thought it was really it's, done. It's so well written. He's he does feel like he's dropped from the eighties at the height of his fame <laughs> into this time. He feels like he he's saying things like, as you say, the uh, you know, I'll, I'll slap you like I was Connery. Um like that's something that came out in the 80s about Sean Connery's opinion yeah. of, of how to treat women. Exactly. And a lot of people don't even remember that now, unfortunately. No, it's I didn't get that. Yeah, it's it's a, a it, the video's up on YouTube. It's in an interview that he's talking and yeah. says his opinion of how women should be treated effectively. And Jensen Eccles playing this character of Soldier Boy is, is basically going, well, that's my hero. It's the big action hero of the 80s. So I'll be just like that guy kind of thing. It's, uh, it is one of those things that can pass you by but Eccles is nailing every mark throughout this show. He's doing such a great job. Again, now we're coming to the end of this, this season. We've had a season now with a great character coming in. You, you like him in some ways. Other ways, you're disgusted by the things he says. Huey particularly points out every word he says is gross, is, uh, is the way Huey's yep. describing him. And now we're getting to the end of the season. I have a feeling lots of fans of Jensen Eccles aren't going to be fans of his turn by the end of this season, of this character's turn, in the same way lots of fans of Homelander are not very happy to see he's basically Trump with superpowers uh, this season. So um, I, I'm intrigued to see the two of those team up uh, together, if that's the way it's going to go next episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, well, it's, it's even like when the legend talks about Soldier Boy. He wasn't at D-Day. He was there two weeks later. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the talking about the infamous shooting of Vietnam protesters by the army as well. Um, Soldier Boy's there. And Soldier Boy's there. And, you know, and the legend says about, you know, you know, gives that kind of really interesting treaties about um, what his role is in selling hero worship to Mm -hmm. um, 
the the people of America effectively. Yeah. And you know, both Soldier Boy and Homelander are that that image. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was uh, I just thought it was really good because you you kind of you can you can see where it's come from to an Absolutely. extent. Absolutely. I can't agree more. I have a couple of questions. Is is he, Jensen Eckles still going to be around next season? Mm. Um, I hope basically, so. And that kind of leads to the... where We've got less than 60 minutes left. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, you dropped this bomb in the penultimate? Of course. Like, come on. Like, So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that maybe this is a kind of... I hate to say it, like the next one is the. Uh, I've I've talked about this quite a lot. The Empire Strikes Back, right? Which is we get to the end of the season, not everything is going to be great. Hmm. It is Soldier Boy and Homelander walking off hand in hand, that father and son into the sunset, where the, there's just smoky destruction around them. Yeah, and the next season is the we need to come together and to be the boys again. We need to like reconnect and figure this out to move forward and just stop these two. And because more. they're gonna need more. They're gonna need to gather yeah. up all the rest of the soups that want to turn on yeah. Yeah. against Homelander and Soul Soldier Boy. That's what they're gonna need. Um, yeah, so definitely Army versus Army maybe next season. And I do think Edgar is probably gonna mm. be in a lot of trouble here if so. Homelander um and sort of understands and is with Soldier Boy as well as Soldier Boy having learnt from Mindstorm, which is you know the big one of the big points of him getting his re- revenge on on payback is that in, in taking out Mindstorm, he understands that Black Noir is the one with agreement and sanction by Vort through Edgar that. It was them that took him out, not the Russians. You know, he he understands that. And for the reasons being that he's got his seed in a lab for Vogelbaum to to create Homelander in his test tube in, what was it, spring 1981? So he does have kind of a birthday now? In 1981, yes. Yes, he, uh, Homelander arrived in spring 1981. Yes, Yes. that's his birthday, so, yeah. But there, and we learned a lot of this craziness from, we also learned about how all of this came to be, in particular because of, John, do you want to take your point? Well, yeah, my uh, seven moment is Black Noir goes Roger Rabbit on us, basically. Um, Although, interesting point that we got from X-Ray is that it is traditional animation laid over and the the live action like Roger Rabbit, but then with CGI sh- shadows and other elements to really sort of build it into the world in I guess you know a, a better way uh, with the the time making that's passed realistic, and so. making it yeah look more realistic. So I thought that was really good kind of stuff coming from the X Ray and the extras that they provide there, but um. I I just really enjoyed this whole sequence of Black Noir because literally, and for good reason, given his character, he has been in the background <laughs> and has been oh, yeah. silent. And we get his story here. 
He's not speaking it. Mm-hmm. It's through the the medium of Buster Beaver and and pals doing uh, their their show for him for as they say for something that he has buried deep deep down. Uh, I I love the fact as well that when he arrives in that diner and he just opens up the tin of beans mm. and pulls it out, I was like, "What's he going to do here? Is, is he eating?" You're gonna eat that, and but it it almost transported me to that kind of that horror thing, or yeah. it's kind of maybe the, the 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 tradition of leaving something out for a spirit or or whatever right. to you know like you you would do um that an offering or some something out for uh, a spirit mm. and so that they know that you're still there or for them to come and and you yeah. know that's used in the horror trope by putting out the baked beans now the 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 pig character from Buster Beaver and Pals goes straight in for the beans so he, yeah. he does start eating them but that's that was kind of oh, almost like how he was summoning these people mm. that are kind of almost his mindscape um yeah. that he can do because what we we learn from it is that you know He's been severely brain damaged, uh, having his face cooked effectively on mm-hmm. the bonnet of a jeep in Nicaragua by by um, Soldier Boy after he sees that they're all ganging up on him. Yeah. And then it is the shield to the back of the head yeah. in the same way that Mindstorm effectively got it there uh, just earlier in in the show Absolutely. so i i really we saw that in live action earlier on in the season we had just assumed because of the situation we thought it was a bomb that it hit yeah uh, that it hit black noir and had taken out half of his brain but we're seeing it play out in the animation here this is actually the fight he had with soldier boy back in, yes. back in the crack where yeah. he's the one that took half his brain uh, it, it also confirms what mindstorm has presumably told um soldier boy mm-hmm. as well that it was payback with Vought that ultimately took him out and not the Russians and well, then yes. ha- handed to the Russians. And the, very the- specifically, Stan Edgar is the one that went to payback and specifically Black Noir told him this has now been sanctioned. So it's all really on Stan Edgar here. Yeah. He's the one that's the intermediate here. He's the one that told them, you go ahead and do this. I don't want to know the details. But the end result effectively is... Uh, soldier boy he needs to be in the possession of the russians that's the end result effectively so i I feel that once again this is another plan of stan edgar's his whole plan was to get the russians to have super uh, superheroes or access to v in some way so uh that's that's kind of my feeling of what he was trying to do there yeah um because he didn't want soldier boy dead he wanted him taken out of the picture i thought it was a Great little touch. I mean, it's a little macabre, but of um, whole thing was quite the, a <laughs> in, in, in the 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 animated play of what happens to Soldier Boy and what happens to Black Noir, and mm. um, that you see Black Noir, the animation fall off the jeep, and a bit of brain comes out, and he kind of reaches forward to sort of grab it in order to put it back in his head, but he just doesn't get to it. Uh, So I I, I thought that was... It was just a really kind of 
macabre touch, but one yeah. that sums up the fact that, yes, he's lost part of his brain here. Yeah. That's why he is silent but deadly. Right. Um, I think the other side of it is... Like you know, a good piece of gas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it's it, it's also that idea, you know, a bit like with Soldier Boy saying to Homelander, you know, I would, have, I would have allowed you to take the limelight. I mean, that's the only thing I was wondering where, is he lying? Because... Black Noir attempts to take um, a movie role here. And this is, you see the bullying and the violence towards Black Noir because he was going to be in Beverly Hills mm-hmm. uh, cop. Um, so, again, I, because he would steal the limelight exactly. from Soldier Boy. So, I'm just wondering, you know. Okay, maybe he's moved on from that, absolutely. But he takes it out quite violently on Black Noir uh, because of that. Yeah. You, you know, you can sense the tension from the other members of Payback uh, yeah. f- a- a- as it plays out. So I really kind of like that touch. And I, as I say, it was also just, oh, do I believe what Soldier Boy is oh. saying on the phone call with that that little phrase, mm. would he have done no, so there's also one bit that we forget. Black Noir is African-American. Um, if we remember back to the first one where Soldier Boy is walking in New York and that kind of mm-hmm. Captain America bit, he sees um, two, He sees a gay couple, yeah. two men walking down the street holding hands and kissing, and he looks disgusted. Cause, so well, yeah. I, I still think there's a very much, like, there's a... Soldier Boy is also kind of like Homelander, but like there's a bit of white nationalist yeah. kind of aspect, just blatant racism built on, or underlying racism, I should say, not blatant, underlying mm-hmm. racism yeah. and homophobia just built into that character. In that, yeah. just like he says kind of things that are not PC because he didn't know what PC was. No, it's more that just that's who he is, yeah. that's the way he thinks. Absolutely. And you're not going to take a role. And become as big as Eddie Murphy kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, exactly. As Eddie became that we know. And the other interesting thing is that Sylvester Stallone was going to have that role uh, before Eddie Murphy, but cancelled two weeks out. Isn't that weird? It's one of those weird pieces of trivia that has been around for decades, but I think I forget it every time I'm told that. That Beverly Hills Cop, which was (laughs) the big moment when... Eddie Murphy broke out from Saturday Night Live and became worldwide famous. Yeah. That big moment could have been another movie from Sylvester Stallone. I know, it's so weird. How different would that be? Really weird. There's a reason they're called The Expendables. There you go. There you go. Um, Just want to say, I think this is also a great choice to do the flashback, I suppose, for Black Noir, the way they've done it in this episode. There's zero reason... From the show that we've seen so far, they couldn't have done this live action. We've seen pretty much all of the aftermath of it in live action in the show. Yeah. We've seen that level of violence and that level of blood and gore in the show. But I love that they've used this way of telling the story through these animated characters because it's telling you how Black Noir sees the world. If you notice all the conversations with the creatures outside of when they're when they're actually putting on the play of what happened they're really talking like childhood TV characters. There's no language from them. There's nothing evil or bad that they're saying to Black Noir. They are characters from Hanna-Barbera or from Disney that are talking to him. 
But when they're putting on the play, they're talking in exactly the voices that he would have heard, exactly the language he would have heard at the time. So uh, he is childlike. He has been reduced to a childlike state from having his brain, a part of his brain removed from from what happened. So uh, so I really like that how that plays out. Again, it's just another method of delivery. It would have just been another big, bloody, brutal battle in the episode. We've seen loads of those all season. I love that they're taking those kind of chances on the show. I love that they're telling the story in a different way yeah. um, because it yeah. could have just been another bloodbath that we've seen, you know, throughout the absolutely, season so far. So absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think, um, Derek, what is your antagonist moment? I want to just talk about Maeve. Um, we, she's disappeared for like four episodes of the season and she comes back in a really strong way, I think, in this yeah. episode. I love the power that she feels even in this most the place that she should feel least powerful she's been locked up in a prison unable to do anything homelander walks in the bruise on his face and instantly you've got queen mave back going oh wow someone has made this guy scared and yeah. i love it are you wearing concealer yeah i love it yeah. from that moment on no matter what he's telling her and he is telling her some really bad stuff he's telling her effectively i wouldn't force myself on her but I am going to harvest your eggs and then I can use those. So no matter what happens, even if you die, I'll still be able to have uh, have a child with you going forward. You know, he's yeah. effectively telling her that she's all she is to him as a farm animal. Um, she's asking, why haven't you killed me yet? And he's saying, that's not the case. I just am keeping you alive for my purposes. Um, but I love she gets the final retort in. Uh, this yeah. is still a top three day for me because yeah. I saw you scared. Yeah, Loved. I love that. Uh, Absolutely. Really good moment with her. So I, I'm gonna kind of, kind of very much come out and say I thought it would potentially part of her lack of kind of usage in this kind of season was potentially she was filming something else. She had a conflicting kind of film dates. Uh-huh. I, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole. Nothing I can see. Right. Um. So it does seem just like she's criminally underused mm-hmm. in this season. Yeah. Just uh, maybe she got COVID. Maybe there's another like yeah. external factor because I I was going maybe conflicting filming dates. She just they kind of sidelined the character a bit and just kind of thing. But aside from maybe she got COVID or yeah. there was other health issues or something, it just I really wanted more of her. So maybe she comes back next episode or oh yeah, yeah. oh I, yeah, I, I, I hope so. I would say so again. Again, remember what's just been set up there. It's been set up that Homelander was about to use her as a farm animal to create a new child better than Ryan because uh, because they the two of them together would be better. Potentially that's already started and we see the child of Homelander and, uh, and Queen Maeve in the future. But also the end of the episode is Homelander finding out he's that child for Soldier Boy, right? So, um, so... We're definitely going to see at least another conversation with uh, with Maeve next episode. But uh, I just love the power of her in oh, this absolutely. room where she should have no power. Well, I, and I think as well, it's, um, you know, she's one of two. We have Starlight as well standing up to Homelander mm-hmm. here when she goes back to get the, the Compound V and effectively is caught by homelander who thinks then she's just going to play ball because he's the she's at fort tower and she's going to kind of recant everything sort of groveling apologies and everything's going to go back to the way it is yet she's recording the conversation streaming it live Mm -hmm. to all her followers and so gets into the the lift and heads back down and leaves yeah. the building. He doesn't get the apologize. He doesn't get what he expects from her again. Like Queen Maeve, in that sense, the the veil is slipping from Homelander, and it's got slipping through 
starlights yeah. um, following uh, in the wider world. But this well. is massive. Like the, the episode opened with um, Ashley being on yeah. the Vault News Network, you know, denying that, that there was any truth at all to the rumors of what Annie January has been spreading for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's ended here with her getting him to live stream the truth to all of her millions of fans. So it's there. Um, yeah. And we still hear just before the conversation with Soldier Boy, we hear Homelander um, not apologizing for it, but going, well, I didn't know she was streaming. I wouldn't have said it if, I did, if I'd known she was streaming and hanging up on, I guess, Ashley. Deal with it, Ashley, kind of thing. But it's going that that is a big moment. It's a very short amount of screen time for what happened, but it's a big moment that suddenly... Yeah. All yeah. of that's out in the wild in the voice of Homelander. So, I guess CGI, as Deep would say, maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll use Deep's excuse and say, um, "Oh yeah, it was just CGI. It wasn't the real Homelander." Uh, maybe they'll do that. <laughs> what I, was it? Deeper than deep, homier than home, Lander. <laughs> maybe, but we know Deep doesn't know how CGI works, right? So. He certainly doesn't. <laughs> no, exactly. Good stuff. But let us get on to our other outstanding mm. moments, Chris. What's yours? Just a very quick one. Um, MM knocking some sense into Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, this right is one too. I just really enjoyed because um, essentially we've seen this been building that Todd is that stand in for do your research type of guy um, at the moment where he's like, Gee, I, I, if you give, give me 10 minutes, I'll send you all this amazing information I found online. Yeah. Like you don't know what's really happening. Sheeple type of. Uh, personality mm. and mm has just had enough as we see that essentially todd has taken mm's yeah. daughter uh to a homelander event yes um where yes, the rally like, rally for there. bob singer for president yes yeah yes his, his um, trump moment mm-hmm. yes if you will and it's just that that is the it's just the epitome of what I'm assuming so many people wanted to do in real life when you have people going, oh, my God, COVID's not real. Let me just tell you and send you all this research. Mm. Like, it's that. It is like, and this is one of the reasons I love the satiristic kind of writing style mm-hmm. of the boys. Absolutely. Like, it is satire on very much real world life issues in in this case, kind of transposed and or transmogrified on top of and into what we have here with the kind of dynamite, kind of the boys style of kind of gore guts and superheroes. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but it's the fact that even Todd is pointing out things that for sure MM knows are true. Like this, there's, there's yeah. no doubt in his mind, Annie January is not smuggling children. Like, the, the kind of stuff that Todd is saying to him, you can see MM's kind of going, but that's like way beyond the any kind of truth at all. And that's why he gives him a proper slap, yeah. effectively. He's like, yeah. he's going, you are putting this on my daughter and telling me I'm not a real father. And these are the things you're watching on TV and believe. And, and Pizzagate. It was literally the joke on Pizzagate. Mm. Yeah. Like, that's the bit I was like, oh, my God. Like, they're cutting deep and close with this stuff. Like, Tiki Torches and earlier episodes. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're not hiding it anymore. Absolutely. And I just thought it was just, the, hey, each to their own, I suppose, sometimes. But, like, it was just such a good... Um, no. If you believe what you see on Facebook, 
more power to you. Nope. Just <laughs> do your own research. Do real research, yes. Yeah, exactly. If you believe what you read on Facebook without doing any research, um, stay by yourself, yeah, I think. Uh, stay away from me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> probably, where, probably where I'm going for. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a really interesting moment as well. Yeah, me um, too. And the repercussions of it, obviously, his daughter has seen him hitting Todd as well. Yes. She doesn't understand what's going on and has seen uh, MM hitting Todd as well. So uh, driving another wedge in that family. Well, speaking of wedges coming uh, between families, <laughs> um, the mollusk variety of uh, of wedges. Yeah, my outstanding moment is the deeps uh, getting his surf and turf here. Oh, uh, wow. The the mollusk uh, threesome with ambrosia uh, in the middle. I mean, just the fact that this kind of builds on deeps affections for the eight tentacled creatures and um, then from the the for the episode i guess it's a little bit of revenge for for octopi um after his previous um lover octopus lover was um was eaten poor timothy poor yeah. timothy and but here we have ambrosia the female octopus really i mean just going to ten. <laughs> going to absolutely. Yep. I mean, the slurping <laughs> oh. and sucking noises coming <laughs> from Ambrosia. The, the, um, I have surround sound in my house, <laughs> and it echoed. And I was like, literally, I was like, I had to just go. I'm not watching porn. It's still the boys. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. And well, my goodness, I never thought it. And and. As well, just with the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back for the deep's wife, uh, Cassandra. Mm. It, just that, you know, deep saying, do you want to get involved? You know, Ambrosia is kind of keen to, to taste you and just the tentacle she going likes across. She thinks you're strong. Yeah. <laughs> the tentacle going across the leg and Cassandra just going, right, I'm out. Mm -hmm. I'm off. I'm going. And, I just thought, you know, this was absolutely outrageous Hilarious. and so, so funny. Loved it so much. Yeah. And, of course, we will more than likely, even though the Deep it believes that someone thinks he is one of the greatest minds uh, <laughs> and living intellects out in the world, I am sure that maybe the Deep of Season 1 and earlier in Season 2 might uh, be making a reappearance now that Cassandra's um, sort of reason... Uh, direction yep. and notes, the endless notes, I believe, um, <laughs> are, are probably no longer going to be helping, uh, the deep in his, uh, certainly in his forthcoming interview. Yes, absolutely. That's going to be an interesting yeah. episode of Sean. But really Hannity. good. Might make me tune into him for five minutes, uh, if it was in the real world. <laughs> uh, yeah, really interesting stuff and hilarious as always. Chase Crawford playing the role brilliantly, but Cassandra's face. Uh, the actress who plays Cassandra's oh, face when the when that tentacle slaps her on the leg is perfect. Excellent, excellent moment. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. My last moment from the episode I want to talk about is just A-Train. Uh, another bit of punishment for A-Train. He finally got his revenge on Blue Hawk. The last mo desperate moment of a former soup sacrificing himself to uh, take out a person that put his brother in a wheelchair, put his brother uh, unable to walk for the rest of his life and hurt a lot more people in his community. And they take out the heart of Blue Hawk and put it inside of the body of A-Train. Now, there's a couple of ways this can go in the future. We have seen movies where someone with somebody else's heart has their has 
um, to deal with a passenger on board. That's a possibility in this show. Uh, do we get uh, Ghost Blue Hawk, the racist inside the body of oh A-Train? Oh, that would be amazing. Is it going to be something like that? Or will it just be him experiencing it himself? Will, will we just see uh, A-Train himself freaking out about this? But I love how horribly Ashley deals with this whole thing as well. She's taking so much pleasure from the fact they chose to give the heart of Blue Hawk to, to A-Train as well. She's yeah. uh, decided to scrap his movie idea where he's going to go back and discover his roots in Africa. She's decided to create a gritty, realistic drama about a guy from the wrong side of the, of the tracks that gets a white man like Tom Hanks to give them a hand out, and that's how they find the real way to deal yeah. with their problem to become the superhero they're supposed to be. Um, not A-Train's story at all, of course. This is just Ashley's way of punishing A-Train once again. Yes. Uh, and I love that she leaves it with... Uh, <laughs> with the Ace Reigns back baby line uh, as she walks out of uh, out of the whirlwind that she's created. Yeah. Love it. But again, more punishment for Ace Reigns. Still alive and now with the heart of the person, that uh, of the racist guy that uh, put his brother in a wheelchair. Absolutely. Like, I have to say, first and foremost, I'm really pleased that Ace Reigns still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really yeah. like the character. Um, yeah. And... My mind immediately went to in the horror direction that A Train was going to become a racist because he has the heart wow. there. Right. But you know, mm-hmm. just that that was there was going to be that horror sort of um that horror element, that uh, exorcist type thing, you know, where he's taken over by Blue Hawk <laughs> in terms of his thoughts and his actions, and I was like going because I just thought. That's exactly where the boys could go. It could. May go. Might possibly go. However, so my thoughts went immediately to that. (laughs) I'm kind of hoping that they don't. Yeah, me too. And that he just has to deal with that and and grows from that. Because I'm just really pleased that ultimately A-Train is alive and kicking, to be honest. Absolutely. Or alive and running very fast. Yeah. Good stuff. That was my uh, that was my final outstanding moment. Um, a couple of notes uh, from the episode. Um, we should really mention that we finally found the power that can knock out uh, Soldier Boy. Frenchie finds out that it was actually vapor, not a smoke, and finds out it was the Novichok um, neurotoxin that was used uh, to knock out Homelander. It should kill anybody else, but it just knocks him out. So the possible potential weapon for Soldier Boy, uh, yeah. and possibly also Homelander. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my one is just uh, Annie's note at the end that she's going to save Huey, whether he likes it or not. Um, and like, I, I'm very much getting that they are not getting back together for the next thing. Like, it's not going to be a romantic rekindling in the next episode. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is there the wedge. The wedge yeah. has been wedged mm-hmm. open. Yeah. The the straw has broken the camel's back, which always sounds terrible every time I say it. Poor camels. I know. Poor camels. But, uh, it must have happened so her. often if they've created a phrase around it. That's terrible. Yeah, it's like, how much straw? Like, how yeah. many times is like one straw? <laughs> anyway. Mm. Uh, but there you go. But no, so I do think this is potentially, again, leaning into this. Everything is kind of building into a season four. Do you want to say it, John, or will I? Well. Another will they won't they couple Chris uh, on the oh show? Oh my god, no, <laughs> they're not. They have been. A, they are the will. They are the way. They have been doing it for a while. <laughs> well, you never know. But Chris, uh, what are your thoughts for episode seven of the boys? I loved it. 
I absolutely enjoyed the hell out of this. Mm. It's subverting my expectations in a way, not just in the what they've done with Homelander and Soldier Boy, the what they did with Black Noir and how they handled mm-hmm. that flashback yeah. scene. Yeah. Um, what they are doing with Butcher's kind of disregard for the rest of the boys, in yeah. particular Huey. Like, what they're doing with these characters. I've read the comic books back to back, or should I say, all the way through, at least two to three times more now. Yeah. And, okay, yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, I would love to see this. What they're doing with their own show and in this universe and this retelling or reimagining is so much better sometimes. Mm. Just for what it is. It's a self-contained thing. Like each are fantastic in their own mediums and their own things. Yeah. But this is just brilliant TV, brilliant writing. And yeah, it misses the odd time. Like I said, I would have liked something different in the in uh, Butcher's kind of mm. mind prison horror story. I would have liked that to turn a bit more horror-y and a bit more, oh my God, ah, and that. But we didn't get that. We uh, got what this and but as a whole, I'm really loving this episode. I'm looking forward to the finale excellent. next week. Excellent, good stuff, Derek. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, loving it. Excellent penultimate episode. Um, really strong season this season. It's felt like every episode has been yeah. really good, and then you go, well, they can't possibly top this. So this must be the best episode of the season, and then you get to the next episode, and, it, and you go. This is the best episode of the season. And then you get yeah. to Hero Gasm and you go, well, they've thrown all the toys in here. They've made this the best episode of the season. It's shocking, but also great storylines for the character. And then you get to this episode, you go, no, actually, this is the best episode of the season. So uh, I think they've done a great job uh, overall pacing it out. I hope I say the same thing at the end of next week's episode, that that's the best episode of the season, because that would be a great way to cap it off, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Overall, really loving it and really enjoyed this episode as well. Uh, John, how about yourself? What do you think? Yeah, I absolutely, uh, I love this episode. Um, I think completely agree with everything that you've said around Black Noir, around just just the ramp up, the the extremity of it, really. But it works Mm -hmm. uh, because it's the boys. I would give this five fine wine grannies out of five uh all delivered uh to the legends pad uh for soldier boy mm-hmm. really really enjoyed this i mm-hmm. really it was great seeing that queen mave was still alive a train was still alive um loved the whole thing seeing billy's mindscape mm-hmm. effectively black noir's mindscape or True. lack thereof through the medium of animation like you say didn't have to do it that way it's yeah. just really really good stuff it's, it feels really creative um and of course yeah just the big bombshell at the end wow uh just so many um i mean just like ambrosia on the deep you just want to gobble it up really <laughs> don't you uh, in terms of what could happen uh-huh. um to this bombshell at the end that soldier boy is homelander's father mm-hmm. um you know it's like russian dolls with uh the kid homelander and, and soldier boy mm-hmm. uh all ready to um sort of rain terror on Vort, maybe stan edgar the mm-hmm. boys you name it so yes i'd give this five fine wine grannies out of five nice john nice Excellent stuff. Let's get on to our pub quiz question for this week. We've got our seventh question of eight of our boys' pub quiz questions. I think it's time. 
Yes, for this episode, the question is, what animal is Black Noir in the animated play that his friends put on for him? Hmm. Interesting, yes. So different different types of creatures, I suppose, uh, in, in the play. Yes. Yeah. So, John, do you want to get the question one more time? Certainly. What animal is Black Noir in the animated play that his friends put on for him? Send in your answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com at the end of the series. So you can send in all eight questions uh, for the show. I did actually want to do... um, a big final quiz question as well. Mm. So a ninth question, but I don't think Derek would allow it because it would mean you'd have to look at quite a number of episodes to get the right number. I'm going to tell them what the question is and they, they can judge <laughs> the response. What John's question was going to be was how many times did Huey uh, transport throughout the season, which would mean John would have to go and count how many times Jack Quaid was naked in the series. I think he just wanted to look at Jack Quaid naked a bit more. <laughs> no, to be honest. I just thought that would be funny and in the spirit of the boys, um, <laughs> to be honest. But you'd have to go and count them. I'm not counting them. Yeah. And so would anyone who wants to answer the question. True. Exactly. Okay. Now, let's Extra be honest. Credit. John would say he'd go count them, wouldn't, and it would still end up on you like 10 minutes before. That's probably true. Ah, now, excuse me. <laughs> uh, pot kettle black. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Do you want to get the question one more time or not, John? Yes. Third time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what animal is Black Noir in the animated play that his friends put on for him? Answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And of course, you'll be in with a chance to win some boys goodies uh, if you end up being top of the pile Absolutely. for uh, the pub quiz. Absolutely. Thanks so much to everybody who's entered so far. I'd love to get some more entries in with all of your answers by the end of the quiz. This episode of TV Podcast Industries is brought to you by our supporters over on Patreon, uh, including Jessica Batras. Thank you so much, Jessica, for your support. Yeah, thank you, Jessica. Yes, thank you so much, Jessica. And you too can be like Jessica. If you would like to support us for any monthly amount, head on over to patreon.com slash TV Podcast Industries. Or if you want to support us on a one-off donation, you can pop on over to buy me a coffee dot com slash tvpi and you can buy us a coffee but not really me you can buy Derek a coffee because i had already had too much as you can tell by my <laughs> attempting to rap slash rhyme slash really kind of almost sing it's like harmonizing to myself wow i now, definitely wouldn't have got rap slash rhyme uh, since nothing rhymed and it didn't sound like a rap i would so I would technically, have guessed attempted it's, uh, technically it's a white man rapping then yeah. can't rhyme can't rap and nothing came together see it's fine it, it was perfectly fine <laughs> Excellent. And thanks, everybody, for your support so far. That's a really good idea to to, uh, to support us by sharing the podcast, by uh, supporting us on um, Buy Me A Coffee or on Patreon as well. Yes. Let's ha- head on over to some feedback. We have some feedback in on last week's episode first, um, because we recorded early last week before uh, Herogasm, and we wanted to hear your thoughts. So great to hear uh, some feedback in. Uh, first up, actually, we got some feedback in from Owen Griffith. Thanks so much for sending your email into us, Owen. Uh, good to hear from you again. Uh, he just had some thoughts overall on The Voice so far. He says, hello there, fellow defense. Oh, wait, wrong one. Uh, just want to start by saying thanks for all the shows you do. It's added a hell of a lot of joy to this guy's walks with his son whilst trying to get him off to sleep. I've watched all of the boys within the last three weeks, listened to most of your guys' shows on each episode. Bloody hell, it's some show, eh? Shook at the bloody core within 10 minutes as Huey's last got run through like nobody's business, all the way to hear orgasm, which was as orgasmic as it was cringe-inducing. Excited as anything for the next couple of episodes. Viva la resistance, Frenchie. Owen. 
Oh, wait, great to hear from you. Uh, really, really glad you're enjoying the series of the boys. Thanks for uh, joining us for our coverage of it as well. Yes, and congratulations on your little bundle of joy as that has now got you walking the park and just gotten us another listener. So, hey, and thank you so much to your son. His pay- his payment is in the mail mm-hmm. as we speak. Absolutely. Yes, if you two want to like, bribe people into listening to us too, you two can get a whole shiny nothing in the mail. Yeah, thanks so much, Wayne, uh, for for the feedback. Really good to to hear from you. Um, we also got an email in from Coffee and Vodka on last week's episode as well. Mm-hmm. Greetings, fellow imploding defenders. I really don't understand what the viewer warning was for. <laughs> so close, but one has to wonder by the bruise if Homelander's at least been partially affected. Mm. A-Train faced his hypocrisy, sincerely apologized to Huey, avenged his brother, and made the ultimate sacrifice play. Starlight came clean, and Mother's Milk chose to help the victims over vengeance. How much honor can an episode of The Boys take? Kamiko and Frenchie's final scene, not the one with all the stabbing, brought a tear or two to the eye. Mm-hmm. Magic like this doesn't happen without real chemistry between the actors, crew, and creators. This installment was literally bloody poetry. Imagine Huey with a tail. It's uncanny. He's the albino nightcrawler. Finally, I can't wait to see how it plays out with Noir. Five explosive orgies, clashing eye light lasers, and road kills out (laughs) of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. Coffee and vodka, I almost said clashing eyeliners. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe it was because it was Pride Month. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Coffee and vodka says, P.S. I don't do Facebook, so do not have access to some information. Will you be covering the Sandman? Oh, yes, we will. Derek, over, over. Did, okay, you got he, it before I didn't even yeah. get us a second. Did we? Oh my We're all like, oh, do tell us, are we gonna cover it? I knew, I, I knew we would, but like, mm. I just wanted to hear. Yeah, 100% we're covering the Sandman. I don't know exactly how we're covering it. Once again, unfortunately, Netflix is dumping the entire thing, thing in one day, like it did with Umbrella Academy. So it really will depend on when it comes out. What happens really with that is if we were doing two other shows at the same time and the show came out with episodes weekly we could kind of pick them up we'd go right we'll just do two episodes and catch up yeah whereas because it's being dropped on netflix all in one day we can't just pick up eight episodes and release them on the day so we're now majorly behind on umbrella academy when sandman comes out we're going to have the that eight episode series or ten episode series is going to be coming out at one time so we really just have to work out what other stuff is happening at the same time so uh, but I am so excited for it. Love the trailers for it. The cast are look fantastic. There's a great um, reveal and interview with all the cast at the the last Netflix day uh, where they're all interviewed about their roles. It's sounding all really positive. Neil Gaiman's really positive about it. The writer of the original Sandman books is heavily involved in the creation. And when he's involved, usually great things happen. Yeah. So uh, very excited to exactly. see uh, the Sandman. And we will be covering it here. Yeah, Definitely. Great stuff. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Yes, and a bit of info. If you like Jack Quaid, um, Huey, um, his favorite superhero is Nightcrawler. Wow. He announced this week on an interview with um, when he was talking about the kind of him getting powers on kind of funny, the kind of funny podcast with Greg Miller and all those lads. Very good. So if you look at it this week, he's in that interview with uh, Jack and he actually says he loved Nightcrawler. And now there's a lot of fan art. As him 
as Nightcrawler. Uh-huh. And Excellent. And petitions to get him into the MCU. So that's probably the reason why you got this power of the show then. I'm assuming yeah. so. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm assuming so. But like he says it like it's more <laughs> that they just, they said it to him and he was like, oh, yeah, I love that. That's, right. He's my favorite. That's like Nightcrawler. I yeah. like it. Yes. I like it. Good stuff. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Yeah, thank you, Coffee and Vodka. Now, over on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast interview. We had some thoughts on episode six. First up, David, Mr. Ryder had some thoughts. Just when you think it can't get any better, they topped a previous episode. This has to be the best one yet. I think in the beginning, when all the celebrities were singing, was a play on when the celebrities did their anti-racist trope, including our very own Jesse Pinkman. Quick interjection. No, that was when um, Gal Gadot, it was a play on Gal Gadot doing Imagine uh, during COVID That's because right. yeah. apparently getting uh, celebrities to sing is just what the world needs <laughs> to heal itself from a deadly pandemic. <laughs> Back to David. In response to A-Train's brother and the attack in the community centre, I know you guys mentioned that Soups had lost their powers when Soldier Boy exploded at Herogasm, but it seems like only some were affected because Ames Train still had his. That's true. Wondering when Annie will use her blackmail picture of the Deep with the octopus. <laughs> I also don't think the Deep's wife is a Soup. I just think she's a handler. Yeah. I also think that she's the one behind Timothy getting fed to the Deep. <laughs> She noticed during the sex scene that he was turned on by him and she probably leaked that to Homelander. Anyways, this was the best episode yet. Makes sense why all the actors kept referencing this episode during most of their previous interviews. I like that idea that um, the Deep's wife is kind of a handler. Yeah. I hadn't thought of like her actually reporting directly to Homelander or or to Mm. Vought. Just assumed she was just kind of what she was based on the church um, and being there. And in A-Train, the reason A-Train didn't lose his powers is because he was already gone by the explosion point, uh, the total explosion, because he had already been, taken... Yeah. yeah, he was already away from Herogasm's explosion. Mm. Um, yeah, and he came back, Rock. maybe. Yeah, I need to just check that again, because... Um, but I think, yeah, he had been... He kind of left after the incident with Huey, um, yeah, that's and, my thought, but yeah. I, can't, I can't be 100% sure now, to be honest. No, but, I uh, can't. But I, I would presume that the way they'd solve it is him being outside. I hope yeah. they thought of that, because <laughs> it's a good point otherwise, uh, David. Uh, he should have lost his powers if he... Uh, yeah, if he exactly. Yeah. Um, Thanks, David. But as you can see from this episode as well, David, uh, much more to the story of uh, of the Deep and the uh, and the Octopi as well. So, <laughs> sure. Um, if, she, if, if his wife, Cassandra, does have a connection to Vought and he's been reporting on him... Um, well, I guess Annie won't need that photograph because someone's going to walk in on the deep and uh, and his new love uh, in Ambrosia, right? Yes, indeed. Good stuff. Thanks, David. Uh, Heather Wallace also had some thoughts on episode six. She says, I wonder if the surviving members of Payback are really, really wishing the team had been named something else. Uh, very likely. <laughs> very likely, Heather. <laughs> uh, Phil Bootle says, the fight scenes in this episode even surpassed those from Banshee, the show where Homelander was the sheriff. Fantastic episode by every measure. Interestingly, when I saw this comment from uh, from Phil Bootle, it was just sent in after the episode aired last week, the show Banshee was airing on TV with Anthony Starr in the lead role, the first episode I think just happened to be on cable TV when I was switching around, 
and I was reading the comment at the same time. How weird is that? Uh, but I hadn't, I hadn't actually seen very many episodes of, of Banshee, but uh, there you go. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Heather, and thank you, Phil. Also, Jamie Lawson on episode six says, great episode, loved it, half expected to see a tiny body bag for Termite lined up with the others. That <laughs> oh would have been... Oh my God, I would have loved that. That would have just... <laughs> just a guy with tweezers hilarious. placing it gently down. Uh, oh, definitely. I don't know whether there was enough of him left <laughs> after Homelander stood on <laughs> Or this. a little plastic bag or something, you know, yeah, or something like man. that. Uh, and lastly, on episode six, Dr. Bob Phillips says, the fights, party action, return of the prehensile prepus... Plus possible conclusion on now a berry black pudding (laughs) and deconstruction of the Vought myth were excellent. Uh, But the highlight of this season has to be Frenchie and the female. Tenderness, delicacy, bloody murder and musicals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Isn't that what this show balances so, so well um, in terms of that delicacy, bloody murder, musicals, and um, the the fights, the party action, and all the other stuff. And I, I don't think I'll be able to look at a berry black pudding anymore. Um, but they're your favourite. I know exactly. <laughs> um, after the the description here, um, from from Doctor Bob, mm, and I know uh... and certainly the ones that I get, which look like mm-hmm. they are potentially. Uh, a pair of old uh, sort of... Black puddings. Black puddings, yeah. indeed, yep. yes. Uh, I know a lot of our uh, non-European listen- listeners won't even know what black puddings are or the fact that we eat them, John. So uh, uh, they may not get uh, Dr. Bob's reference. But imagination <laughs> and Google works wonders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Good stuff. Oh, my God. Thanks so much, Dr. Bob. Yeah. Um, we have some feedback on episode seven because we're recording it after it aired uh, for the first time this season, <laughs> which is kind of cool, right? So uh, we have got some feedback. First off, from Steve Brown has sent us in a voicemail feedback. Hey, TV podcast industries, this is Steve. And uh, I just finished, or I'm almost, I got five minutes left on episode seven of The Boys. And wow, I recorded this before, but uh, Homelander was talking and he cursed. And I didn't want that to get on your podcast because I know you're clean. Um, wow. Uh I don't even know what to say. I can't wait to watch this one again and podcast on it. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about this one because that that stuff with Noir was crazy. Uh, I can't wait to see how this season is going to end. And uh, I, I see some hope for Annie and Huey. All right. Talk to you later. Steve, did I misinterpret it? Did you just say that you recorded that five minutes before the end? As... Soldier Boy was talking. So, had you recorded that when you hadn't heard the big reveal of the episode? Oh, yes. Oh, that's really interesting. I love it. Can't wait to hear uh, your thoughts on panels to pixels next Steve. week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's excellent. The follow up to that voicemail is literally coming in as we speak. <laughs> I have an addendum. <laughs> please, please wait. Uh, no, at least we could hear Steve's thoughts over on Panels to Pixels podcast, where he's where he's talking about the boys every week as well. So, uh, looking forward to hearing that too, Steve. Thanks so much for your for your voicemail. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Great to hear you. Uh, long time no here, I think, um, at least from my side. We have had a few voicemails in from Steve, not not as many. He was away on, on holiday and then had the same issue that you had, John, where he got back from his holiday and had 65 shows to catch up on. So he's been uh, <laughs> been doling out some wonderful voicemails to various podcasts uh, as he's been able to have an opportunity. Good stuff. While also podcasting himself as well. So 
Thank you so much, Steve. We also have an email from Bill Pestrosino who had this to say, Guys, guys, I was apparently so wrong about my theory with Black Noir and Homelander, and I cannot be happier. The show is amazing. So brutal. No heroes at all. Yet incredible acting and enthralling. The funny thing is, there's another Homelander Soldier Boy storyline in the comics I didn't mention in my last email. But hopefully they don't go there after this reveal. That brings me to the big reveal of this season. Honestly, I hate it. Mm. It's the laziest writing and most commonly done trope in all of Hollywood. I just hope this group can stick the landing somewhat smoothly. Other things. What did Victoria tell Homelander? Mm -hmm. Maybe that soldier boy is or is not his father. That they are what I referred to in my last email. What's happened with Victoria's daughter? There was that shtick and now nothing in half a season. Yes, Derek asked the same question just earlier Mm -hmm. on. And we're all kind of wondering what happened to Victoria's kid. Exactly. And yeah. nice spoiler avoidance there, Bill, as well. Uh, yeah, we uh, we don't think it's going to play out the same way as the comic books. Um, no. But potentially Homelander and Soldier Boy might play out the same way as that storyline in the comic books. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> Still avoiding spoilers. Still avoiding spoilers. Yes. We're all jumping around. It's a bit <laughs> of a minefield, but it's a fun one. Yeah. Going on. Will we be seeing the end of Butcher in the next episode? Will he really let Huey die even after the mind F he went through with his brother? The fact that A-Train's heart was replaced with Blue Hawk. Wow, this show doesn't let anyone be redeemed. Will Homelander and Ryan team up to take down Ryan's grandfather? Will my theory on Homelander hold true in another way? Will A-Train curb stomp Ashley? Will the Deeb and his Octolover become the next famous couple? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I can see it on Vanity Fair now. Mm-hmm. The Deep and Sushi. <laughs> it's a mollusk, Chris. It's a mollusk. Yeah, but you can have octopus start sushi. Uh, I, oh, well, I hope not. I yeah, hope well. not. Anyway, closing out, Bill had this to say. So Please pretty. stamp out my fears on the finale and calm my nerves. Love listening to you guys. 10 out of 5 battered sausages on this season. <laughs> Fantastic, Bill. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Bill. Yeah, thanks so much, Bill, uh, for the feedback. Really good to get your uh, theories and connections with the comics there. Uh, Jerry also sent us an email saying, Hey, guys, this show continues to be the best superhero show out there. Butcher's tragic past takes center stage in this episode. So blinded by his hatred for Homelander, he is going to get someone killed. Mm -hmm. Kamiko back at full power and Frenchie understanding why. Perfect. A-Train with Blue Hawk Heart. <laughs> Let's hope not. Uh, the Deep is just the worst kind of idiot. Mm-hmm. Whose address did Newman give to Homelander? And the big reveal at the end. Soldier Boy is Homelander's father. This does not bode well for everyone. And I mean everyone. <laughs> Jerry in Niceville. Yeah, yes, true. I think it would be batten down the hatches, mm-hmm. get the reinforced concrete bunker ready, uh, the large, heavy steel doors, yep. and hope that even uh, Homelander can't somehow get through them. But of course he can. So, yes, yeah. it is the end if... 
these two team up and maybe with a little mini Homelander as well in the form of Ryan, well, yeah. then uh, it would be be laser eyes all round, except Soldier Boy doesn't have laser eyes. So he's definitely, Homelander is definitely enhanced. Um, I think yeah. there is mention in this, he can fly, you know, which is mm-hmm. also a change. So, yeah. uh, yes, create another lab gen- that gave yeah. him extra powers, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A little, um, a little yeah. mixture, a little cordial of genetics. I yeah, guess. exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like the idea here is: what if Luke was already turned to the dark side yeah. as Luke Skywalker, and then met Darth Vader, a more evil dark side <laughs> user, who said, "Come join me and take over the galaxy," and Luke went. Oh, you're my dad. Great. No problem at all. Let's go take over the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Some fun, fun choices here uh, that we might see play at next episode. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Let Jerry. us know what you think. And let us know what you think <sighs> Ryan's superhero name will be. Is it Homeboy based on Homelander <laughs> like and Soldier Boy? Like that, that would be good. I like it. I think, yeah, you can't really just use Ryan. Ryan's a great no. name, but you can't just use that as your superhero name, can you? Yeah. Make you probably Why try, not? but it's just like I am the Ryan. Because nobody else. Yeah, because you go the. <laughs> you become the Ryan. Not to have your superhero name, right? <laughs> it could be Baby Homelander or Mini Homelander. I like Homeboy. I think that's quite good. Yeah, no, I do. I do absolutely. <laughs> uh, also, Coffee and Vodka uh, said greetings, fellow psychotic defenders. Last week, it was all about heroism and an orgy. This week, a literal deep dive into psychosis. From Butcher to Soldier Boy to Frenchie to Black Noir to, well, everybody. Although I've no desire to unpack the Deep and Homelander's UK office levels of issues, Mm -hmm. this is the best episode of the season. And, so far, easily top three for the series. Makes one want to rewatch all the episodes again and see what they missed in the midst of all the blood. Mm. A Train and Maeve are alive. After reading Kamiko's text, it could be that Annie might understand Huey better, resurrecting their relationship, unless Huey and Butcher OD first. Butcher's backstory can see how he's got so effed up, but why choose to stay that way? Were you half expecting for Kamiko to implode as I was? And Homelander, I am your father, still going to kill you, <laughs> but I am your father. <laughs> Eric Kripke for President 2024. And extra points for Noir's Happy Tree Friends interlude. Top notch. Five Pomfrites, Octo Trois, and Ironic Racist Tickers out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Oh, best, Love it. Yeah, Coffee best, and vodka. Best scoring system that you've done that so far. Exactly. Octo Trois, uh-huh. indeed. I like the ironic racist. Me too. Really I love good. all of them. Uh, <laughs> and the pomme frites. The mayonnaise. Our, our fellow boys and girls are so creative sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, John, you are still the maestro. But you have some, <laughs> you, you have some pod ones up coming this. up. <laughs> Really in the wings. You've got some Anakin Skywalkers here coming for you. (laughs) Yes. The Jedi Temple for reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Coffee and vodka. No, I am your father. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And on that note, we are going to go back to Facebook where Derek Whitfield had this to say. For as visually crazy as this show can be, it certainly can get deep. Brilliant episode and a brilliant series. Excellent yeah, great, stuff. Great, Derek. Agreed. Really good to hear you, Derek. Uh, great to get your views on the boys. 
Absolutely. So good to hear from you, Derek. Thanks so much. Heather Wallace has the final thoughts for this episode, for episode seven of season three of The Boys. She says, what's so amazing about The Boys is the way you can have unexpected flickers of sympathy for someone like Black Noir, who is so childlike alone, even when you know how violent and dangerous he is. It was so inventive to show the Nicaragua flashback as a cartoon and not just rehash what we've already seen. With Homelander and Soldier Boy, no doubt about to team up. Will Black Noir join Butcher and Huey? Seeing Soldier Boy decapitate someone was a clever play on John Walker's Captain America tenure last year. Well done, the boys. Nice catch there, Heather. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah nice. Uh, an, an interesting touch, isn't it? We've seen him uh, now use that shield to effectively brain damage Black Noir and take out Mind Storm at the end of this episode. Kind of reminiscent to, uh, to uh, Captain America. Um, yeah, definitely. Yes, yes. Excellent. Thanks, everybody, for all of your feedback uh, for this episode. Please keep sending it in. Email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com for your thoughts on any of the shows that we're covering. Yes, thank you so much, everyone, as always. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe on each and every podcast catcher on Apple, on Spotify. And while you're there, please give us a like, share the podcast, write a review, give us five stars because it's all good. We just want, we need it. I I am an attention whore and I need your love. (laughs) Tell me how much you love this podcast. No, but actually does help uh, discovery of the podcast and more people finding the show. You can also just head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can find all the right links and things like that. And yes, once you've subscribed, of course, we'll be back with our chat about the boys finale Mm. for season three, episode eight. What is going to happen? Who knows? What other aquatic life form will be subjected to the deep's own insecurities? Uh, Who knows? uh. Um... Gosh, don't take him to SeaWorld. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet there. <laughs> well, exactly. Or, well, all-you-can-something-else buffet. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mummy, can... why is the water all creamy <laughs> yeah, well, milky? Ex- exactly. An all-you-can-eat-out buffet, I guess. Hey, the there we go. Um, <laughs> and for a change of pace, we, of course, are looking at the Miss Marvel series on Disney+, Plus, where we'll be mm. ramping up to episode five of the six episode series and we'll soon be beginning our umbrella academy season three coverage which is out now on netflix yes Yes, so if you have not watched it yet watch it get us your thoughts email them to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com you know where to find us make sure you tell us what you like what you didn't like watch the whole thing send us your feedback or individually just make sure it's all marked up and we will include it in our coverage thank you so much for listening and we'll speak to you again soon absolutely speak to you again next time yep thanks so much fellow boys and girls for joining us it's a pleasure as always and remember stay out of the water you never know what's in the deep bye very true <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Sorry. The joke hit me halfway through me saying very true. Do you never know. You never know. Bye. You do. Bye. I really want some sushi. Bye.